streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Today on the On Enquirer podcast, all-time Illini leading scorer Dion Thomas joins me, and we had a great conversation, a lot of talk about Kofi Coburn as well. Uh, and Dion uh, talked about some advice he gave Kofi that you Illini fans are going to be pretty happy about and, and the potential for Kofi to break his all-time leading scoring record. Uh, we'll get to that coming up. Also, Dion's thoughts. He's very confident in this Illini team. And we are going to learn over the next couple weeks whether that confidence is warranted. I think Illinois has a great chance to win the Big Ten this year. I think they have the highest floor. But we're going to learn a lot more about this team over the next couple weeks. And that's where I want to start this podcast before we get to Dion. There's no doubt Illinois is one of the hottest teams in the country right now since dropping those back-to-back games on the road, right, against Marquette, at Marquette, and to Cincinnati in Kansas City. Illinois won 10 of 11 games, and they've risen to number 25 in the AP poll. We've talked about last time. I think Illinois is better than that. It's a vocal minority, I should have mentioned that last time, that is really upset about that. I think your team's better than that, but you will rise up the rankings if you take care of business the next couple weeks. Illinois number 11 in the net, number 13 in the Kempom right now. However, one of the reasons they're not ranked that high right now because their resume on paper is lacking those marquee or high-quality wins. They're 2-2 two and two against quad one opponents. That's at Iowa, and it's at Minnesota. Those are bottom half Big Ten teams. Now, they're scrappy. You can lose to those teams, uh, especially on the road on any given night. But Illinois is also only 2-1 and one against quad two opponents. It's wins against Kansas State and Notre Dame. And, and Notre Dame and Blake Wesley uh, are pretty solid, um, but they're not a huge, huge win. The Illini's toughest tests are coming, right? Friday, 8 p.m. tip-off, recording this Thursday night. Um, Michigan comes to town. We don't know what Michigan's going to look like, and Michigan is not the top 10 team we thought they would be or many people thought they would be entering the season. Uh, they're 7-6 and six right now. They're going through this COVID pause. We don't know who's going to suit up, who's not. I do think Michigan's one of the most talented teams Illinois is going to play all year. That talent hasn't mixed. What I loved about Juwan Howard uh, last year is the pieces he added, Mike Smith, Shondi Brown, they were such great compliments to Franz Wagner, who's turned into a, a rookie star in the NBA. And I, I think Big Ten fans, Michigan fans, and maybe even some Illini fans who didn't think he should have been drafted that high are seeing why he was so talented and so important, especially on the defensive end. Um, and then Isaiah Livers was so good. You add those pieces to them, then you add Hunter Dickinson, right? And who's whether you like him or not, and I know why you don't like him. I enjoy his personality and bringing some rivalry to this matchup. Uh, he's a very good player. Like no, no one's going to doubt that. Not as good as Kofi, but he's a really, really good center and one of the better centers in the Big Ten. That was a well-constructed roster, a veteran roster as well. They try to replace those guys with a bunch of freshmen. That's why I had Michigan three coming into the year, and I really wanted to put him four, but I didn't want to doubt the talent of a Caleb Houston or a Musa Diabate, right? Five-star prospects. But Caleb Houston hasn't been as good as they needed him to be to, to replace Franz Wagner. But my whole point is they're really talented. Like There's a lot of talent there that if most of these guys play, 
I think Illinois can get pushed a little bit um, and, and challenged because Michigan has length and athleticism uh, more than Illinois. Now, I think Illinois has a better team and a, a stronger team, obviously. But this is a nice test. And then Monday morning, 11 a.m. tip-off, Purdue comes to town. While Purdue has dropped a couple Big Ten games, that offense is legit. And Jaden Ivey and, and Trevion Williams and Zach Eady, uh, Sasha Stefanovic, that's as good of a, a, an offense as you're going to see in the Big Ten, and it's going to give Illinois a huge test. It's actually the best offense in the country right now. But they struggle sometimes defensively, and Kofi Coburn has owned Purdue so far for most of his career. So I, I just can't wait for this because these are the first two of eight straight games against quad one and quad two opponents. After Purdue, you go to Maryland, right? That's a quad two game. Maryland not great right now. And that was an ugly game against, well, it was ugly but beautiful, in my opinion. It was a classic at Northwestern. That's a tough road game, right? But if you can pick up another road win, that's huge in the Big Ten race. Like Sean Harrington and his uh, his plus-minus standings, you add plus one for every road win you get because they're so important, and then you protect home court. Illinois got Michigan-Purdue at Maryland and then home against Michigan State. So your chance to protect your home court, and that's what Big Ten champions do. Illinois has been very good at it uh, here recently. They've been very good at everything in the Big Ten here recently. But Michigan State, another big test, a really deep team. I don't think they have the star power of Illinois, but they got a very deep veteran team that they can kind of just send waves of guys at you. And they do have some talent, some bigger guys in Gabe Brown, Max Christie. It's going to be interesting to see uh, some of those matchups. And Marcus Bingham, while Kofi can power through him, he, he does have some, some some hops, right, that he can block some of Kofi's shots if he can hold his ground. Then you got at Northwestern, not a very good team, but veterans. Wisconsin, got to take them seriously. 5-1 and one right now, one of the best resumes in all college basketball. At Indiana, I know Illinois is probably better than them, especially in the perimeter, but they're a tough team. You got you got to bring some toughness against Indiana, and then you're at Purdue. Like that's that's a great month of basketball to figure out what Illinois is all about. And I think Illinois is going to drop some of those games, maybe a couple, right? Maybe three, but it's going to be a great test of how good Illinois is. And say you go six and two in those games. You're sitting at 11 and two in the Big Ten, so uh, there's going to be some games that they probably drop in this race, and who you drop them to is going to be very important. But this is a very exciting time to see how good this team is going to be. But because you could just kind of run away here if you do so well, or you could really widen your lead over Purdue, Michigan State, Wisconsin if you get head-to-head wins against these teams, right? But you also could get some of your flaws exposed. And I think we're seeing teams kind of respond to Illinois. They're trying to shut down the three-point shooting. Alfonso Plummer hasn't shot as well the last three games. Grandison had one off game. How much do you take away from that, right? And plus, Illinois is still winning. Uh, but Kofi, he's got to be more efficient than he's been in, in, I think, two of his last three games offensively, but he's still been such a force. So they've been able to get through those things. Can they get through those things against some of these other teams, or do they just shoot the lights out around Kofi? And if they do that, it's one of the best teams in the country. So Illinois took fit advantage of one of the more favorable starts to the Big Ten schedule. Michigan State did the same thing. They're 5-0, and and they set the pace atop the conference. And this stretch is really going to tell us a lot about Illinois, and I think it's going to be a blast. Because November and December, they're nice primers for what's going to happen. January and February really show what a team is uh, heading into March. 
And uh, the last couple of years, actually the last three years, you can even go back to Io's freshman year. Illinois turned it on down the stretch, right? Like they really played well uh, towards the end of the season, picked up some big wins, you know, had five, uh, you know, had a bunch of wins at the end of the season or that nice stretch of five wins in six games. And they struggled uh, later in the year, but um, they started to turn it around in February. Of course, uh, the 2020 team before the pandemic hit goes on a run after starting nine and five. They end up 21 and 10. And then last year went in 15 of 16. Uh, it was just a ridiculous run. So Brad Underwood's teams tend to do well uh, in January and February. So we'll find out what this team is all about. What's Deion Thomas think about this team right now? And a conversation he had with Kofi Coburn that perked my ears up a little bit. That's coming up next with Deion Thomas on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Welcome back into the Illini Enquirer podcast and happy to bring on Illini all-time leading scorer Deion Thomas, who's always kind with his time. Uh, you can catch him on the Champagne on Ice podcast, part of the Field of 68 network, and of course, he's the Illini Radio Network color analyst. And Dion, I, I, I know I've said this to you before, but um, every time I ask you how you're doing, I, I would normally do it, but uh, you always give me the right answer, the same answer. And what is that answer? Hey, I'm on the right side of the grass. <laughs> hey. You know why, and, and the reason I'll say, I'll say Jay, is my, my grandmother always said, as long as you're alive, you can change everything else in your life. So, you know, regardless of if it's a gray day or if I'm not, just not feeling well, as long as I'm on the right side of the grass, it'll always get better. Dan, I, I love the positivity in this world and sending it out there, especially nowadays. So I always love that. But I, I always hear so much about grandma. Uh, I know she meant so much to you. And uh, it seems like she's just uh, the big influence on your life. Oh, she was. And, you know, my mother had my brother and I when she was young. And then, of course, she was in school. And then after that, unfortunately, she ended up developing uh, a really bad substance abuse problem. Mm -hmm. So you know the luck the the blessing that we had is that we had our grandparents um and they were very close to us very tight very you know a lot of disciplinarians but then of course there was my grandma bernice that was that times two so this is this is why you know i, I quote her a ton i wish i had listened to her more when i was younger yeah. but at least i'm still here to take those uh take those sound words of advice those little pieces of nugget you know nuggets she would always drop and, and I try to live that way. And, and that's what I try to present and, and help others with as much as I can. And a big reason you came to Illinois, right? It's a huge reason I came. <laughs> <laughs> she was the reason I came to Illinois. Oh, I should, 
Well, no, she was the reason. Of course, then there was Coach Collins and, and uh, Coach Henson, of course. But now, as I've mentioned to you before, you know, Arizona was, was right there in, in the door and, you know, liked UCLA, Minnesota, and, and of course, dealing with Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really liked Arizona. and But I knew my grandmother would not be able to come see me play. And she said that because she said she was not getting on a plane. <laughs> so that kind of shut down anything that was of long distance. And then, you know, because she trusted Coach Henson and she, I think she fell in love with uh, Coach Collins, you know, all of that stuff was able, you know, this is this is where I ended up at and I couldn't be happier. Yeah. Well, Deanna, I'm happy to talk some a lot at basketball with you. And I want to get into Kofi, you know, the emergence of Omar Payne and Coleman Hawkins uh, in the last game that they played. Uh, obviously, a, another big road win for them. I, I know it's not a great team in Nebraska, but to pull that one out was big and to have those uh, contributions. But I just want to get your overall thoughts because two and two in Kansas City, uh, people weren't feeling very good about this team. There were so many ins and outs of the lineups due to so many different reasons. But during the last 11 games, they've won 10. They're starting to look like the Big, big Ten contender, obviously leading the race right now 5-0 and with Michigan State, and potentially the national contender that we all thought they could be. So why has this team clicked, do you think, uh, over the last month? And, and what are you seeing out of this team right now? Well, first and foremost, let me say this. I, I say that at the beginning of the year, before they even touched the basketball and stepped on the court that I thought this could be one of the best Illini teams we've ever had. I never wavered from that. You know, we lost three games early to what will be three tournament teams. I'd be shocked if neither one of those teams are in the tournament. One could be possibly competing for a national title. So I, I don't – and then we did this with an injured Trent with an injured Andre Carbello, um, at, you know, during these same periods. Uh, then we had a, a, a sickness blow through, you know. So this team has faced a lot of adversity, and they had to deal with it early, and they've done that. You know, again, those three losses are going to be the three teams when we look back on it that will not hurt us in any shape, form, or fashion because those teams are going to do really well. But I think that's a huge reason uh, that we have – enjoyed the successes that we have you mentioned yesterday's game I think they were thinking about uh, tomorrow's game Mm -hmm. if you want to be honest I mean anytime you go on the road against a team that's struggling the way Nebraska those are trap games and normally you don't win trap games by 10 so that says a lot about what this this team is and when what they've done but I think all of that adversity in the beginning has made this team even more special and losing your point, your your preseason All-American point guard and him having Andre Cabello, that is, having not been on the floor. I mean, for them to have made the adjustments and have found a way to play together and find a way to win in those games that are tough, I think that says a lot uh, about the job that Coach Underwood and the staff has done. But it takes even more because the guys on the court have to be the ones to respond. And I think Kofi, Trent, you know, DeMonte's not putting up huge numbers or even shooting the ball the way he has in the past, but his leadership has stood out. I think Jacob Granderson and Coleman Hawkins have been exceptional. And then who, you know, who would have thunk it, as, as they used to say on the west side, that Alfonso Payne would come out and, and shine the way he has at the early part of the season. 
Yeah, and, and Dion, speaking of Alfonso Plummer, um, you know, teams seem to be making a little bit of an adjustment. You know, Big Ten coaches are, are pretty dang good here. They're going single on Kofi, which which usually goes pretty well for Illinois. Now, he wasn't great against Nebraska, right? It wasn't his best game. But you're starting to see teams make that adjustment and really try to hamper the Illini shooters. And, you know, Alfonso hasn't shot as well here recently. Grandison had an off game a couple games ago. Um is is this counter? Is Illinois good with it? Are you not concerned about it? Or are they going to have to make a counter to that? No, I don't. I don't think they're going to have to make a counter at all. Um, you know, shooters are going to have games where they don't make baskets. Yesterday was Alfonso Plummer's uh, game. Do we think that he'll have another game like that this year? Probably not. I mean, the kid's a great shooter. Jacob Grandison, as you mentioned a couple of games ago. Do you think we're going to have too many of those games this year? Probably not. And, and even if they do, you still got Trent. You got, you know, other guys that can come in and make big baskets. So teams are going to have to do this. And, and we've seen various teams do different things. It's either everybody crowd the paint and make Kofi kick it out or everybody defend the, the, the perimeter and make Kofi beat you while trying to – you still got kids that are going to sink in and try to help and do these things. And that's why – that's where Kofi's um, production at passing the ball has been really good. Yeah. Because if he, if he does that and he moves the ball around, then you're going to have to pick your poison because there's not a player in the country that can stop him on the interior. You may block a shot. You may, you know, do some of those other things. But – you're not going to get a whole lot. Of, there's not going to be a lot of times where you hold Kofi Coburn um, to less than his average. And you know, you talked about the the game with against Nebraska. I think he did a poor job of passing the ball. Yeah. You know, and I think there were times when he hesitated too long instead of just you know either one bump and going into his jump into his jump hook or just making a smarter pass once those guys collapsed to help out. So. I don't think there's any adjustments that um, Illinois needs to be making. I think you make people adjust to you. Mm -hmm. And as long as you have someone in the middle like Kofi, those teams are going to have to pick their poison. And we have so many shooters on the perimeter, but you're not going to hold them down all, every night as long as they're taking smart shots and, and making good decisions. Yeah, again, like we sit there and say a down game for Kofi, and it's 16 and 13, Dion. It's all relative. Yeah. He needed 18 shots to get there. Um, but as, as one of the greatest big men in Illini history, uh, you mentioned the growth of him as a passer. Like, I think the question for, for Kofi about coming back was how much better can he help himself by, by coming back for the pros? Obviously, NIL changed that, but how big of a step or how have you seen him grow uh, as a junior at Illinois? Oh, I mean, if you look at where he from his freshman year, let's let's simply talk about the simple thing: catching the basketball, his feet, and how he used his footwork around the basket, developing the finesse part of his game. Then you have, of course, the passing and the um, expansion of his jump shot. He hasn't taken very many jump shots, but he's shown that he can knock it down. The shot looks good. Oh, and his free throws. Mm -hmm. We don't even need to. I know yesterday he didn't shoot well, but overall. That kid's shot from the free throw line is so much better. He catches basically every ball around the, around the basket. We marveled last year at how much better his uh, foot movement was and using his base and getting a wide base. I mean, there's been times this year that I jokingly called him twinkle toes after he made a move where, you know, you could see the finesse part of his game. 
And as I mentioned, he's knocked down some jump shots and has proved his free throws, and he's already tripled his assist total <laughs> from yeah. last year. I think every check mark that he has that he needed to make and that people wanted to that people on the next level wanted to see he has shown to some degree uh, of course he has to get better he's going to have to continue to get more consistent but I think what people forget is because they look at this young man and that he's constantly getting beat to death that this is his sixth year of playing basketball period I, I think his growth is absolutely remarkable you know, and that's I think that's where he's he, he's going to have to be judged because you know he's playing against guys that have been playing since they were two. Yeah. You know, and he hasn't, so he's so much further above um, where he should be that it's almost scary where he could go. Yeah, Dion, and, and I know the theory is like. Um, some big men are just told to play basketball, so they play it. Don't know how much they love the game or want to get better. Like the reason I, I, I thought, man, some teams are going to regret passing on Io is because you just know he's going to get better. You know his drive. You know the the character he has, and you know he's going to reach his potential. Like I don't know what Kofi's ultimate potential is. I, I think it could be very high. It could be a rotational player in the Big Ten or in the NBA, or it could be. You know, a long overseas career like you had. I think he's going to have a great career uh, professionally, but he wants to get better. He wants to be great. Like, he sits there and came back and said, I want to be the greatest player in Illinois history, Dion. And he certainly put himself in the, in the conversation for, for greatest big man. So, like, if I'm an NBA team, whether it's a free agent or a late second-round pick, if that's the case, like, I'd feel pretty good about that kind of investment. If you're an NBA team, you're, you're going to get him wherever you can get him, and you've just upgraded your team. Because like you said, this is a young man, and I remember meeting him his freshman year. And after talking to him, I spoke to the coaches, and the coaches were like, Deion, the kid's a sponge. He's always asking questions. He takes coaching. He tries. He applies what it is that you just told him to do. And, you know, And you've heard Coach said a, a thousand times, Kofi's never had a bad day. So you got the attitude, you know, the personality, the character. You got a kid that does nothing but want to listen and get better. NBA people are concerned about how the game has changed instead of, you know, looking at it and saying, okay, this player can really help us. He'd be a matchup nightmare for some guys because with the exception of a Joel and B, he'd be the biggest guy in the league. You know, I mean, and probably one of the strongest guys in the league with a ton of upside to, to boot. I mean, so he would be almost a coup for anyone uh, at the next level because he hasn't even scratched the surface, I believe, of how good he can get. I mean, just look at the, the years change in his form on his free throw. So you tell me that that can't change for him to be able to consistently knock down a 15-foot jump shot? I mean, you know, when you draft guys, your job is to help them get better. You talked about how Io is going to get better. One of the first things I talked to that young man after the last game um, in Assembly Hall, and we were talking about Io, and he was like how much he loves him and how much Io taught him what it needs, what he needs to be doing to be better. So if this young man took this and he's been applying it as we've seen, I mean, the proof is in the pudding when he's on the court. What what happens at the next level when he has some guys that will really help him and continue to develop? But 
I'll tell you what Coach Collins said to me, Jay, hmm. uh, when I was trying to decide whether I was going to stay and sign my contract with the Dallas Mavericks or if I was going to take the opportunity to go over to Europe. And I'm talking to him. I got both contracts in front of me. And he say, son, he was like, at the end of the day, if you're able to do what you want to do and not what you have to do, there is no bad choice. Hmm. So as far as Kofi, wherever you're going to make the, ne- the most money, including coming back for one more year, which is what I told him <laughs> when we talked to him uh, at post-game after the game, I told him, you need to come back to Illinois. NIL is great to you. It will be great to you. You'll break my all-time leading score record, and you will cement yourself as, you know, the, the, the top dog or the most dominant player to play in this uniform. And all he did was smile. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, as far as that, but you, you take and use all of the options that are given to you, regardless of whether he goes to the NBA next year or if he go. I mean, after the end of the season or if he goes to Europe, he will probably make more money in NIL. Yeah. So you, you come back, you suck up that money, and then you go make some more money. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Dion, like, that's that's the thing, is he could have, and it's been a theory. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested that you talked to him about it because it's like you now have this option where you can come back, make as much, if not more money, uh, as a college player now and have a great professional career as a college basketball player, especially when you're somebody in Kofi's instance where it's like, the NBA may not value him as much as a college game to, could, right? Like it's a Drew Timmy isn't the best NBA prospect, like a, a lottery pick, but he's one of the best college basketball players. That 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 could be enticing. Like, but I understand some guys just want to go pro. But for Kofi, there, there's a lot to gain, and as you know, to be the all-time leading scorer, to be a legend, there's value in that at a place. Oh, there's there's a ton of value in it. And now with NIL, just imagine what the value is now to these companies that want to have you, that want to sign you, people want to be around you. And and that's why if I'm his advisor, that's what I would tell him. I would tell him, man, we're not even thinking about the NBA this year unless somebody's coming in and they're saying they're drafting us in the first round. We're not even thinking about it. You know, I had my agent start making – deals for next year you know yeah and 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 so that's that's the only thing that concerns me is who's advising these kids who's Mm. who's giving them and if they're giving them the right advice i mean i know the coaches will especially our coaches but in today's basketball so many kids have so many other people around them so I don't know. Guess we got to see. Yeah, I mean, certainly it'd be great for Illinois, of course, if that happened. Uh, I've had the conversation with Lauren Tate, though. So if if Kofi only plays the rest of this year, say he moves on after this year, where does he rank among the greatest big men in history? Coming from a guy who's obviously in that conversation, number two. <laughs> Come on, man! I'm still I'm still competitive and always gonna be that, baby. No, I will say this though: as far as being, um, he would be by far the most dominant. You know, now, you if you want to look at it from a skill standpoint and all that other stuff, then that's a different situation. But as far as the most dominant player to wear the orange and blue, he, especially big guy, that would be him. 
if, if I could switch you generations, man, the NBA would have valued you guys a little bit more. I feel like. Oh my God, <laughs> us, tw- us tweeners are sweet right now. Everybody loves us tweeners. Like Kofi would have been a lottery <laughs> pick in '94, and now NBA teams like the the skilled big man who's who you know like takes the big man out, spreads the floor like Deion Thomas. I feel like he would have been a top fifteen pick. JB, 1994, baby. That was the first thing I saw when I went to Europe was the the the, um, the initial stretch four. Was no stretch before we went over there. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, okay, I got to expand my game. And, and now you see the fruits of all of that today and because that's exactly what it is. And, yeah, I'm with you, brother. I had a lot more value this year <laughs> than I did before. Yeah. Uh, well, Dan, just a few more for you. Um, some fans are starting to argue for Trent Frazier to get his jersey in the rafters, and, and why not? I love that kind of appreciation, but uh, he's kind of in that Kawan Garris realm. But I, I feel like him coming back a fifth year, we mention it, we talk about it, but it's just him and DeMonte coming back has been so, so valuable. And it's just a reminder that, you know, Kofi's been great. You know, um, Io obviously lifted this program along with Kofi, but Trent Frazier's been so consistent it, it just feels like he's getting the love that he should now as well as he should and i don't know if you saw the i put someone actually saw that uh i guess it was coming from his coaches or, or someone down in, in wellington and, and my response was i told him number one will eventually get his name in there uh up in those rafters um i, I think you know of course io was the overall difference but Trent Frazier stayed when he didn't have to. He showed loyalty to a coach that he did not know, changed his entire game, even though we still see, you know, flashes of, of that score when, when he needs to do it. Um, so he'll, he'll – I, I, I believe he will definitely get there. But I, I'll say this, and, and I, I will sing this to the top of my lungs. Keyron Garris needs to be in there. Like very very soon, you don't have the number two player, number two score in the history of the university, and not to mention what he did leading those teams after we did in '95 and uh, 90, 94, 95, and '96. I mean that kid deserves to be there just as Trent does, and I think they both will get there at some point. And I'm glad that um, people are really uh, appreciating uh, what Trent does and has done. Yeah, I get I get the criteria. I think it's good criteria, but then there's like the the guys who are just on the outside who it's really really difficult to keep out. Uh, before I let you go, Dion, like Omar Payne, Coleman Hawkins, huge performances off the bench. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's significant for the front court. I think Coleman, especially during Big Ten play, is kind of settled into his role. And then, man, you hope for Omar that this can be uh, just a huge confidence booster. But what have you seen from those two? Well, let's start with uh, Coleman. Uh, and, you know, beginning of the year, playing against a little bit lesser competition, he really showed what he has. Uh, the Big Ten is, a you know, and when you make a step up against, you know, teams like Arizona and things like that, it's, he's still young. He's still young. He's still a sophomore. I love the direction he's going in. I think at the end of the day, he has the potential to be our highest, our highest NBA draft stock guy at 6'10", to be able to do all the things that he does. But it's going to take some time, to uh, of more time for growth, both physically, mentally, 
and emotionally, because you know we, he's gotten a little hot a few times out on the court, and he has to develop being more um, balanced in, in his emotions and, and how he plays. But you're right. You say he's settling into his position. I think he is. He's worked really hard on the glass um, the last few games. He's done a great job defensively. And then you score the occasional bucket, you know, which he can from both outside as well as inside. So his his stock is is I my belief in him is is real high as it always was. I just think he's a great kid that has to continue to learn to get better. Now as far as Omar, I, I can't wait. First of all, let me go back. Florida did Omar a disservice because hmm. Omar is a terrific athlete, and you know I don't I don't want to say he they didn't. You know, he didn't want to learn or if he was coachable. I don't know how the relationships were down in Florida. But what I do know as a former coach and player myself, that if I had someone with his explosiveness, his, you know, ability to block shots, his timing on his block shots, there's no way on God's green earth this kid wouldn't be better than what he is. Hmm. You know, when they came out of high school, he was ranked above Kofi. You know, even if you take Kofi's size out of it, Kofi goes left hand, right hand jump hook. His footwork is impeccable compared to uh, Omar's right now. So you can see that there was a level in coaching that he did not receive in Florida. Now I go on to say this: the game, the day he played, the game he played the other game against um, Nebraska was amazing. There was another game earlier in the year, and I was talking to Brian with Brian Barnhart when we were on the radio. I said I love his stat line. And he had zero points, zero attempts, seven rebounds, and they waved off a couple of block shots and no turnovers, and not to mention the shots that he changed around the basket in like 12 minutes. Mm -hmm. If I can get him rebounding and defending like that and not, you know, thinking about points or anything like that, he and um, Coleman. They would change everything on this team the way DeMonte does when he comes in on defense, the way um, uh, Jacob Grandison did last year when he would come in and play defense and then he started scoring after that. If those two guys would do that, buy into their roles, I mean, we would be so – I mean, we're already dangerous. Yeah. I mean, we would be like almost serial killer dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Almost serial killer dangerous. I, that might be the title of this podcast. Um, Dion, before I let you go, uh, Wisconsin knocks off Ohio State tonight. They've been really impressive. Uh, Indiana's winning at Iowa. So it feels like we're starting to to learn a little bit more of who's going to be at the top of this race. Um, Michigan State's undefeated, of course. Ohio State still can have some matchup issues for Illinois. But I, I love this, Dion. You took care of business against a pretty favorable start to the schedule, but you get three Big Ten wins including a couple teams in Minnesota and Iowa that, that could be on the fringe of the, the bubble here. Um, but you really get tested now. I know Michigan, we don't know who's going to play tomorrow night, but Purdue, Michigan State, what do you think we're going to learn about Illinois over the, the coming weeks where it's all quad one and quad two games for about the next three weeks here? They're, they're going to rise in the rankings. And the reason I say this is because I look at matchups, and, and you, mentioned, you mentioned how uh, Ohio State – is a potential matchup nightmare for Illinois. I don't know if they are. Remember last last season, Coleman was a lot younger. 
Um, EJ was really able to take care of Kofi when he started knocking down some threes outside. But now Kofi doesn't have to guard him. So you can take, you know, a more athletic um, Coleman Hawkins and send him out. But he's still long enough to be, if he stays straight up and the referees don't call a foul every time the kid blows on somebody, uh, to be able to be more of a, 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 you know, they're not going to stop EJ Liddell. But at least you can be more of a distraction to what he's doing, getting his shots off and things like that, where he wasn't able to do it before. Now, you look at everyone else, and I love Zeb Key, and, and I love the little point guard that they have, but we match up everywhere else on the court. But they don't match up with us yeah. everywhere on the court. And therein lies the problem. That's not just a problem for Ohio State. That's a problem for Michigan. That's a problem for um, uh, Purdue as well. And it's going to be a problem for Michigan State. We have the longest one of the deepest um, we match athleticism with anyone if you take any of those teams and you compare the three point shooting or, or the ability to knock down the three point shot none of them all <laughs> compare with Illinois this is when I look at the, the so called experts and I've said this since we lost that last game and I think the, the, the blowout was the one that really hurt us and kind of dropped us when we were in Kansas City mm-hmm. but you go back and you look at where the scene was and where they are and you look at the the ability that's around that court with the shooting and inside there's nobody in the Big Ten that matches up now that's not to say we're going to go in and win every game but at the same time if we come out and you know we don't play our best we can win games as we showed in Nebraska as we to be honest showed at Iowa even though we were running away a lot of the time, but we stubbed our toe on that press and were still able to win that game. Not everybody in the Big Ten can say that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let me say that. Most of the teams, if not all, with the exception of Illinois, can't say that. And that's including Michigan State. Yeah. I agree with you on the, the floor of this team, right? They can have an off night and still beat a good team. I agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. Now, if, if another team like, you know, Michigan State or, or Purdue or – you know, some of these teams have a really great night and you have an okay night. Like, I think it's going to be a competitive yes. game, but they, they could still knock you off. So, but I agree. I, I just think they have such a high floor with Kofi and a bunch of shooters. And I, I, I think at this point, whether you're a, a half, you know, glass half full or glass half empty kind of person, Dion, you got to believe in the coaching staff making this team better as the season goes along. They've shown it the last two years, three years, really. Uh, well, this is a different coaching staff, uh, so let's let's get that. But yeah. what they have over what they didn't have before is a bunch of older players. Yeah, you know, Kofi's a junior. Trent is Demonte, fifth year. You know, Jake has been here. Even Austin Hutchison, who's sitting on the side, has been here and been around the team, so he can talk to guys. Benjamin Bosman Vadon. You know, so we are older than what we were before, which you know, and, and which tends to give you, um, you know, a little bit of a, you know, boost when you're running into those tough times because you've been through those tough times. You know, this team has people that have been at the bottom of the barrel with 21 losses to turning it completely around with 25, 26 wins. So that's the difference, you know, with this team. They have it in spades and and various positions um, as far as, you know, playing, of course, and experience and 
this coaching staff has done nothing but continue to push and nurture that, allow guys to do what they do, allow the leaders to lead the team. And as a coach, that's what you want. If you can get leadership from your guys, and then once that happens, everybody else buys in. So, But you're right, though. And that just comes with that growth and that comes with that um, persistent pressure from your leaders and then from the coaches. And you normally will get better as time goes on. And that's what this Illinois team has done, and that's what they've shown here recently as well as they've improved, you know, continued to improve since the beginning of the season. Great stuff as always. Deion Thomas, all-time leading scorer at Illinois. Well, maybe not for long if Kofi comes back like he suggested. Fingers crossed, baby. Fingers crossed. <laughs> are, you, are you rooting for that record to be broken? <laughs> yes. I told you, J.W., man, I want to do what Eddie Johnson did for me. Yeah. When I broke the record, he called me and, and congratulated me. And to this day, that was that was one of the craziest things ever because, of course, I grew up watching him from Chicago. So my mind was blown. But then at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little selfish in this one because I'm not worried about the record. As I told Georgie when he broke it the first time and he was apologizing to me, records are made to be broken. Yeah. It's the moments that you get to share with the people when they do it that matters. Yeah. And so, yes, I want him to break it. I want to be able to congratulate him and then watch him move forward as he continues to uh, probably get the double-double record and everything else and just keep on climbing. Yeah. Well, uh, Dion, great stuff. Check out his podcast, Champagne on Ice, part of the Field of 68 Network. Uh, one of the best guests on here, but also one of the best people. Dion, appreciate the time as always, man. My man. You know, I got to meet Anytime you need, you know you got me, Jay. Great stuff as always from Dion Thomas. Again, check out that podcast, Champagne on Ice, on the Field of 68 Podcast Network. All right, hope you enjoyed that one with Dion. Always great stuff from him. Some great perspective on Kofi Coburn. And, of course, man, bring him back another year. Why not? Think about it. The money he could make. it. We've talked about that in theory, what it could be. You know, he's obviously going to make his own decision, but it's got to be enticing, especially if those numbers, the NIL numbers, we don't know. Uh, but he's he's making some good money this year from what we hear. Don't know what those figures could be, but uh, could be enticing for a guy that might not be guaranteed an NBA contract. So that would certainly make for another entertaining summer, a third straight year of is the Illinois star going to come back? Uh, actually, it'd probably be four at this point because uh, Iowa after his freshman year Iowa and Kofi after 2020 and Kofi last year and Kofi again next year so four years in a row of that but could be enticing for a guy like uh, Kofi Coburn but enjoy him now because uh, I agree with I agree with Dion he's the most dominant big man Illinois has ever had if he came back for a fourth year sorry to say Dion I think Kofi would take the crown as the uh, the best big man in Illinois history and potentially the best player the wins that would he would have behind him would be absolutely ridiculous. The numbers. He'd be the rebound leader. He'd be the, the scoring leader. He'd be up there with wins leader, start leader. Um, he'd own the record book. And there's value in that. There is some value in that on top of the value you make. Uh, as in as a college superstar right now with NIL. Anyway, we'll be back on the podcast after the Michigan game with Derek Piper and myself to to recap what happened there. Thank you to Derek Piper and Joey Wagner uh, for taking care of 
the podcast when they were out in Nebraska. Just figured those guys are out there. They saw the game. They talked with these guys. It'd be better to hear from them. Uh, so great job by those guys filling in in the pinch. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Give us a follow, a rating, a review, wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate that. Check out IlliniEnquirer.com. For the latest in Illinois football, basketball, we've had a lot on Barry Loney. Some recruiting news as well. Could be a, a weekend for, for Illinois football with some visitors. Uh, so check out Enquire for all of that. Until next time, everybody take care of each other. Enjoy the Michigan game. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time on the Online Enquirer podcast. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.